0: Tinakoto, no mai, hi ramai. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Walking in the Shadowlands podcast. Let me be your guide as we take a walk into the realms of the unexplained, of the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your hosts. I'm Marianne, thanks so much for joining me today, tonight Whatever time it is, wherever you're living in this beautiful world of ours Sit back, relax, let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together And see what awaits us there Yora, Hello everyone. Welcome back if you're rejoining us this episode and a special welcome if you're a first-time listener to the Walk in the Shadowlands podcast. Now there's always been an interest in life after death. Humanity's been long fascinated with this topic and today with the prevalence of paranormal investigation teams seeking proof of life after life, more people than ever are interested in this. Unfortunately, there are those unscrupulous people who, for the sake of views and sponsorships, both on TV and social media platforms like YouTube, will fake content or overdramatize their findings. This does a huge disservice to those people who are genuine in their endeavours and investigations on this subject. But fortunately, there are also many genuine and honest people creating paranormal investigation videos who are very open and transparent about what they capture. Today's guests are such people. And they, as we say here in New Zealand, just live across the ditch in Australia. The question as always is, are you willing to walk with me into this part of the Shadowlands and see what's in store for us? Then let's begin. My two guests today are an investigation team called Night Watchers Paranormal Australia. These chaps are genuine investigators who collect paranormal evidence using real paranormal equipment. They explore and investigate some of the most haunted places in Australia to find real, raw and legitimate evidence of the afterlife. This is what you call ghost hunting at its finest. All evidence caught on camera from EVPs, photos, thermal captures, EMF spikes, SLS captures and more. These chaps have been friends for over 30 years and both have their personal reasons for getting into the investigation field and also, did I say, they're really great blokes. My guests, Pete and Dan. And Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to be talking to you. I've been watching some of your videos on YouTube and they are really good. Really, thank you. Uh, I'm really impressed with how you do them. I don't tell a lot of people, but I I have an investigation team myself, paranormal investigation team. So I'm quite critical about way people investigate and i honestly i haven't seen anything in your videos that i would criticize uh so that's actually saying a lot
1: <laughs> yeah we try and keep it very real yeah yeah everything we do is 100 percent legit no fakery everything's legit and we're trying to bring everybody the truth about the paranormal so yeah, it's,
0: that's really cool. Maybe we could start. Maybe you guys could introduce yourselves so my listeners can tell who's speaking and tell us a little bit about your background, both of your backgrounds, and how you came to create your Night Watchers paranormal group.
2: Okay, I'm Pete, and the way we started, well, I'll let you introduce yourself.
1: Okay, well, I'm Dan, and how we all started was. um Basically, we started out with our channel doing food videos and funny videos and stuff like that, yes. Um, so if you scroll to the very bottom of our videos tab, you'll see all of our funny videos on there. But um, how we got into the paranormal was it was something that Pete and I were both interested in separately in our lives yeah. and for different reasons. And um, basically, uh, I came to Pete and said, look, um, you know, we used to watch a lot of this stuff on, online. And I said, well, how about we go out and do that, you know, try and add a bit, add a bit of a twist to our to our videos and our channel, and eventually it just ended up becoming solely that. We just decided to make the the switch and go straight to that. We used to be called Kickback Bracaz. That was our channel name, and now we're Nightwatchers Paranormal Australia. So I basically take care of all the um, the marketing, the advertising, the design work, the post-production, the editing of the videos, all that side of things. So what you see on screen is uh, edited and created by myself and Pete, well, as
2: for me, um, basically what Dan said, he came to me and said, hey, mate, we've been best mates for nearly 30 years. I the only time to put up with him, but I uh, <laughs> love him to death. Uh, he came to me and said, hey, Pete, because we do watch so much panels, normal stuff on YouTube, he goes, look at an idea. Let's start a YouTube channel, start off at food. And I'm going, oh, okay, yeah, let's have a crack at this. Um, and then from there, after doing the food videos, and we've had a lot of success with the food videos, we decided to get into the paranormal, get into that niche um, where we thought we see so many people on YouTube that either fake content or over their mm-hmm. videos that we thought, how about we do this for real? You know, we go in, have a look at a location, find the evidence, don't fake anything, because that's important to both of us. Um, and that's how the channel started. Now, as for me, um, how I got into the paranormal, I had uh, an experience when I was young um, that scared the life out of me. I was lying in bed. I think I was about 12 years old and I just went to bed and a set of hands come up and grabbed me on the arms and held me down to the bed. Now, I was stuck in that position for about an hour, hour and a half, and then the hands went back down under the bed. I didn't sleep the whole night. My brother was in uh, the room because we shared a room, and I'm looking at him, and he was still in his bed. Um, I got up as soon as the sun got up, looked under my bed, and there was nothing there.
3: Wow. So
2: uh, that was one experience. The other experience is when my uh, child was born, Um, his mother was in hospital um, just after giving birth to him. I was at home, and I was in an old barn house on the Sunshine Coast. Now, one o'clock in the morning, I was about to go to bed and then all the cupboard doors in the house that decided to open and close by themselves, Mm. the lights were flicking on and off um, and people were, I had a six foot fence around the house and people were running up and down my uh, balcony. So that really inspired me to do a bit more research. And then when Dan came to me and said, hey, Pete, this could be a good thing. That's what really pushed me to do it. So that's our story, my story,
3: yeah.
0: Did you, sorry to interrupt, did you look into the history of your house at all to see what possibly could have been causing that?
2: I did. And that's the thing we always say on our videos, that you've got to look at the history of the land underneath. Mm -hmm. It might be a new building, but that still doesn't explain the history of the land. Now, it was one of the original farmhouses in the community on the Sunshine Coast here, and there were a couple of dodgy things that happened on that site so I'm guessing that's just a preamble to what I experienced
0: right that makes sense I always say I always say that to people as well like I have a Facebook group um, oops just not my microphone we're that this podcast actually started from. And I get a lot of people coming to me saying, oh, I'm having issues in my house, but it's a brand new house. And I always Mm. say to them, look, it doesn't matter if your house is brand new. It could be the land that it's on. It could be something that came in with one of the builders or the workman Mm. who was working on the home. You've got to check these things out. And just because it's mean that you're not going to get anything. Yeah, Yeah, exactly
1: right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, you did right there. Yep.
0: So how how about you Dan? I'm just making sure I get your name's right, yeah. sorry.
1: No, well basically I've never actually myself personally had any um paranormal experience before this channel. <laughs> before this channel, I mean, ha, um had any paranormal uh, happenings happen to me, um but my family did. So my mother um basically saw a full-bodied apparition at a at a home when I was a child. Um, I was probably only about 2 or 3 at the time. Uh, My mum saw it and then she didn't tell anybody. And then uh, about a month later, later, my my brother, who was nine, uh, he would have been about 11 or 12 at the time, sorry, he came home from school, was home alone and he saw her. And uh, he locked himself in the bathroom and cried until mum got home. And he explained to mum what he saw and it was the exact same lady that mum saw. And then we moved out of the house probably about um, six months later And my auntie and cousin, they moved in and uh, my mum hadn't told them about the the paranormal activity that happened there. Well, then my auntie came to my mum probably about two months after that and said that she'd seen a lady in the house and described the exact same lady that my mum and my brother had both seen. Wow. Yeah. The front living room was that cold that my dad used to keep his beer in there instead of the fridge. That's how cold the front living room was.
0: Well, that's yeah. convenient. Isn't it? I've never <laughs> yeah, heard of cool. spread energy being used for that before. <laughs> that that would be typically
3: Aussie. So
1: yeah, that was the only um, activity that I had. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's even though it like personally didn't happen to you, um, you know, it still obviously had an impact. Yeah. Uh, on your family, yeah. and that can be—it can be really scary for people who don't have an understanding that spirit are only people without bodies, yeah, and, yeah. and exactly. a lot of people have this idea that because you've passed into spirit, you're all nine and you're all wise, and yeah, you know.
3: Yeah. And, no. doesn't
0: <laughs> yeah. like that. People are just people, and if they haven't moved on, if they're still earthbound, then they retain the same characteristics that they had when they were alive. So if they were grumpy old shits, they'll be grumpy old shits in their own yeah. spirit. Exactly,
3: yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly,
0: yeah. <laughs> Let's start with how do you go about finding places to investigate? Now, I understand you're on your fourth season yes. of investigation. That's pretty impressive. Yeah,
2: I think when we first started the channel, because I do a lot of the research and I hunt up locations for us to investigate, right. um, I found that when we first started, a lot of people would be very hesitant in letting us um come in and do an investigation, either with mm-hmm. their pro- private home residence or their place of business. Obviously, place of business, that's somewhere that they make money. That's how they generate their living. Right. Now, when we first started, a lot of people were, oh, no, 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 no. But as the seasons have progressed, I've found that um, when I do research a location, I'll have a look at that history of mm-hmm. that location, if anything bad has happened there, for example, a murder or um, something tragic has happened at that location. Um, And then from there I'll speak to the owner and say, well, okay, can you explain to me what's happened in that location? Um, What are your personal experiences? And then I'll go in and research the history of that location. And then from there, it's a back and forward kind of relationship where I'll shoot out some dates with them. I'll first send them an email. This is who we are. This is what we would like to do there. And we come in with total respect for your location as it could be your private home, your business, or a heritage-listed premises. Um, And then normally they'll get back to me, okay, let's um, work out some dates. Um, Sometimes you get people just say play out no, Mm -hmm. which is fine. That's They're they're entitled to that because we're coming in on their private area. Right. Now, from there, after um, I've communicated with them, we've got some dates worked out, then I'll put it into my diary because I'm very old school. I still write things in a diary. That's how I like it. Um, And then from there we go and that's exactly right. From there we go set a date for filming, we come in, film, the homeowner or the person that owns it is welcome to come on the investigation mm. and we go in, like Dan always says on our videos, we go in with love, respect for what, what we're doing, the spirits that are there because you've got to realise that when we do an investigation, the spirits don't have to answer us, you know. Yeah. we don't. They're not, mm. um, it's not a dog and pony show. It's if scary. they want to talk to us, they will. If not, we respect them for that. You know, so that, that process of getting a location to filming is a couple of weeks, and that's not going to the other side where Dan does with the edit.
0: It's a lot of work, I know, here in New Zealand because New Zealand's such a small, small place and it hasn't been colonised for as long as other countries in the world. We don't have a lot of buildings that have issues, so to speak, more the land and areas on the land. Uh, you know where there's been battles and stuff like that and I totally get what you say about you know researching the place that's what we do as well one of the things that uh, my team that I'm really strict on when I go on investigations we haven't done any for a while because as I said New Zealand's small and there's not a lot of places one of the things I always do when I'm with my team is I introduce myself and I introduce my team to the spirits that are there and explain to them why we're there. I treat, them, I speak to them like there's somebody standing in front of me yeah. and yeah. I tell them what we're there for and that we mean no disrespect. And, yeah. Sorry to go back.
2: How did you get into the paranormal? That's, you've asked us how we got into it and what motivates us. I was very interested to see what motivated you to get into the paranormal.
3: Well,
0: I've had experiences my entire life. I'm a medium. Okay. Um, yes. And and plus I've had star people encounters my entire life. So for me, it's just it's as much a part of my life as breathing is. And yes. if I can help demystify it and help people understand that it's nothing to fear and that life continues on after this life is a good thing.
3: Yeah.
2: Sorry, I just had to ask that question. No,
0: that's that's interesting.
2: That's, <laughs> that's
0: perfectly okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> And I love this subject. I love hearing about people's experiences. And I like seeing, like, you guys, I can see how passionate you are about this and how much pleasure you get out of it. And it is exciting doing these investigations because you never know what you're going to find. You Mm. never know what you're going to come up against. And most people have the idea that, because of watching uh, some specific investigation shows on TV, that things happen all the time, but most of the time yeah. it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, not exactly. all the time. Not yeah, all the time. No. I think that's how a lot of YouTubers got into it, Is they'll see stuff on, on, on the shows and that that they watch, and they go, um, why isn't all this stuff happening to us? Maybe we should um, make it happen so that way we get views, you know? And that's yeah. how they fall down the rabbit hole of that. And uh, yeah. That's one thing we won't do, you know? If we're out somewhere for hours and we get one or two little things, we're only going to show that one or two little things, yeah. you know. I mean, we still show a bit of the nothing going on so people can see that nothing actually happened. Mm. But we never, we, we're, we're so transparent that we always show everything that we um, that we do capture and we always try and debunk things too. Like in the last video that we just yeah. aired, we, um, we were, had the a cat ball and the K2 meter sitting on a wooden door so we opened, we opened that door to make sure there was nothing on the other side no electrical work shook, it, shook the door make sure there's no vibrations and there was' we couldn't debunk it and then we put this we put the stuff somewhere else the k2 and the wall somewhere else nothing happened oh, I of k k2 movement that's about it and then we put those two items back on the door and nothing happened again after that on the door so we went oh well it's nothing electrical doing it otherwise it'd be doing it all the time
0: constantly exactly and I remember actually doing the same thing that's what really impressed me at some station some train station you were outside and you had this round table that you had the ball on and the bits on and I think it was you Pete I think you were seeing something in the thing that the app that creates the figures
1: Oh, that was, oh, that was that me. Was, yeah. I was oh, was the, yeah, I was looking through the SLS app on the phone because so there's an app that I downloaded. It's uh, a free app, anyway. You can actually see it's it's meant to pick up um, anything with a humanoid sort of shape. Mm. Yes. And yes, yeah. So sorry, that's that's what I'm looking Good at. Yeah, yeah, you you debunked that. Yeah, the yeah, is all, yeah, Looking at it on the um, appearing on the. Oh no, that was the uh, Gimpy train station. Yeah, yes, and it was a, the fire hydrant. The fire hydrant. Yeah, yeah that's it was a fire hydrant, it was picking up some sort of shape on that and we debunked
0: it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that really impressed me because straight away you didn't jump to that it was paranormal.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly right, yeah. And that is, to me, uh, uh, always a sign of a really good investigator. Now, perhaps, actually, I should go back, maybe you can explain for my listeners what a K2 meter is, Okay. And what other tools you use, because there will be people listening who have no idea.
1: Okay, so the, the K two meter is just basically it's an electrician's tool, but it tends to be uh, used a lot in the paranormal field. And what it is, it picks up EMF readings, elect- electromagnetic frequencies. So it um it it has coloured lights on it. So the stronger the EMF reading, the strong the the more the lights come up. So it goes from green light green right up to red. Um, so the stronger the reading, the more lights come on. So we use that for a lot of the paranormal uh, work that we do. We also use a thermal camera, which uh, looks at temperatures, and you can see the different temperature readings on that. Um, we also use a um, the sv 11 Spirit Box. It's like a radio that scans through different channels at a at a different rate. We can we can pick what sort of speed it goes through, and we can pick whether it goes through in reverse or forwards. If it goes through AML or AM or FM. So basically, mm-hmm. if yes, yeah, speed. So if you get if you get a sentence or words coming through that, then it can either be one a radio station that's gone through. But the thing is, though, if it's going really fast, like tap, speed, then and you get a whole sentence. So that's just came through on a on a period of like maybe fifteen channels. So you know that it's not one radio station that you heard. It's a whole period. It's a whole thing of fifteen channels or so. Yeah, different thing. So that's the sv 11 we also use an app called the app. Now, we heard about this app through other YouTubers and stuff like that. And it's just starting to get a really um, a, a good name that it works. But what we try and do is we've found that there's a lot of voices that um, come through it all the time. Now, the mm. developer reckons that it was there's no pre-programmed voices, in it, but we've actually heard the same thing come through numerous times on numerous locations. So we think right. there are pre-built voices in it. But... We don't. We ask for. Excuse me. We ask for um, the intelligent responses. So we ask questions that no pre-programmed voice is going to know the answer to. So the best one to see that with that exact
2: reason is if you watch the Australian hotel video. I'll let you explain that. That's a perfect
1: example. That. That. We we had the most uh, most intelligent response we've ever received come through that app. We had the K two. And the cat ball, the cat ball is just a little ball that if it's touched, it's going to be physically touched for it to flash. Mm -hmm. Now, um, we had the K2 and the cat ball sitting next to each other on the ground. And we were asking if the little girl could come and touch the ball. Because there's a a story of a little girl there. So we were asking for it anyway. It it got touched. And the same time that it got touched and flashed, the K2 meter went off at the same time. So it's a double confirmation. That's why we have two tools sitting next to each other. So... It shows that there's no fault in one of them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we had two, two that went off at the exact same time, and then we continued to ask if they could come and touch the ball again. Well, we had the clearest uh, response come through the, the uh, necrophonic app, and it said, "It said touch the goddamn ball. To the little kid, is that is that you? Can you please touch the device? Oh, it's flickering again. To the little kid, is that is that you? Can you please touch the device? Oh, it's flickering again. To the little kid, is that is that you? Can you please touch the device? Oh, it's flickering again. You see the Australian Hotel episode? It's uh, episode one for season four. It's our opener for season four. You'll see in there the actual response, and it's clear as a bell. It says, "Touch the goddamn ball." Yeah. Now, for that to happen and come through on a device that. One, we pretty sure has pre-programmed voices in it, but that there is an intelligent response. We'll also ask questions like how many, okay, how many living males are here right now? We use the word living because they could be, they could be giving us a number of the spirits that are around as well. Right. So we go, okay, we know there's two of us or of certain circumstances there's three of us in the room or we'll four. depends who we've got with us, you know. But we'll say, how many, living, how many living men are in this room right now? And it will say three. Or two. Or it'll give us the exact answer we're looking for. If you go to the um, Calandra. Calandra Cemetery, it was the first time we ever used that Necrophonic app, and we asked the question, there was three males and there was one female. We asked the question, how many of us living are standing here right now? Four. It said. Then we said, how many men are standing here right now that are living? Three. And then, it's, then we said, how many women? And then a few seconds later, one. It gave us... Four intelligent, well, sorry, three intelligent responses in a row. All oh, correct. Yeah, all correct. Yeah. Yeah, three or four intelligent responses in a row, all correct. So if we use the necrophonic app. What are you doing?
2: We also, yeah, with the necrophonic sorry, mate, yeah. I'll let you finish that. Yeah. But after, with the necrophonic app, we also do our sensory deprivation sessions. Now, with that, Dan gets outside to answer, uh, ask questions. I'm in a bit, completely different room. Um, I do most of the sensory deprivation because, unfortunately, Dan gets dizzy from it. He can't be blindfolded because basically what happens, put on a headset, get blindfolded, you plug it into the SB11 and all I hear is the sound of the SB11 with the blindfold on so I can't hear what's happening around me or see what's happening around me. So, Dan will get outside, ask some questions and any intelligent responses that I get, I'll yell out. And we've had numerous of times, yeah. haven't we, mate, where yeah. the matches, uh, their answers mm-hmm. are matched up with the questions. So, yeah. yeah, it's been pretty interesting. And we have also, you mm-hmm. want to talk about the music box?
1: Oh, yeah, we've got the music box as well. So, the music box is a, it's just a um, uh, motion sensor. So, it has a, a, a beam that comes out of it, goes about 1.5 meters. And anything that triggers that beam, it'll set off the the uh, just music. It plays this creepy tune. So yeah, we've got the music box as well. That's that's great. Use that. We were using Owen the owl. We've named him Owen. He's basically just an owl Then it's the same thing. And if something triggers him off, he does a hoot. He makes a hooting noise. Mm -hmm. But um, we've sort of retired him for the for a little while, and just using the music box at the moment. Um, What else we got? We got the. uh, the oh, we also use the the app as well with the um, SBA, the uh, sorry the the S L S app. Now um, yeah, that app is created by Amy's Crypt and and her partner Jared. Oh, um right. They've got a, they develop that and it's has starting to get a good rap. Um It's it works pretty well. Yeah. So the top, there's the S L S part of it. Then there's the second part of the app which is um, it's got a built-in ovulus, which. Has names in it and uh, words in it, and it spits out different words mm. that are triggered. But we don't really use that side of it. I only use, yeah, use I guess. Yeah. yeah, don't trust the those ovuluses.
2: I don't really trust because mm. of so many words being punched out. You you can't really like you see a word that oh hang on that might be a part of it when there's six or seven other words that have popped yeah. out at the same time. So I'm really uncertain about the ovulus. Yeah, but uh, apart from that. Um, yeah, that's about it. We're getting some new equipment very soon.
3: Yeah.
2: We want to get some dowsing rods because I yeah. find yeah. they, from what I've learnt about them and how I've uh, done my research on them, they're very accurate. So mm. I think that's something that down the track we will be um, yeah.
1: introducing. Um, so cams, we've started, we're, we're going to go get more cams. Right. So we're yeah. going to uh, invest in a really high-quality um Night vision camera that we're nice. going to start to use as well during our investigation, but also as, as a, as a static cam, because what we actually do at our investigations nine times out of ten, um, and we've done something we've only started in the last few months is we'll set up a static camera and we'll let that run for about half hour to an hour. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move it to another spot at the location, let it run again. And what we do is we put that raw file i just add a little intro at the start and an exit at the end, but we keep that file raw in the middle and I upload that and we have our subscribers and viewers go through it and they'll watch it and we've never watched it. So we'll put it up raw, not even seen by us, and, and um yeah. we'll go through it and they'll put in, oh, 11 minutes, 26, you know, they'll put it in the comments yeah. area what they've actually yeah. seen or what they yeah. heard, you know. So it's a great way to get our um, – yeah, get them involved and get everybody yeah. – direct together and lets them feel part of the team, you know. And that's yeah. very important
0: to us, yeah. Yeah, and not only that, quite often, I know from personal experience, when you're editing and going through video, you can miss things because you get tired, whereas yeah. you've got all these fresh eyes like that one that I watched from your, I think it was season two, Best Of, um, one, one of the viewers caught somebody running past a window
1: that you oh, got
0: yeah. when you eared yeah.
1: it? Yeah, that was in the, um, that was at the morgue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was up high. It wasn't actually running. It was actually something that must have been floating, but it went past yeah. the window because that's a story up. That's a story up.
2: Where we oh, were. wow. Yeah, Because it goes where that um, old morgue, because that morgue, that was a very interesting place. That was the first time I did a sensory deprivation. It was in the rural cauldron. Yeah. But with the history of that place, it, it started off as a morgue, as a, um, then it went to a Bonnery, brewery. Bonnery, Bonnery. Um, but yeah, how it's set up is that off the main road, then you walk uh, through their courtyard and it drops down to where you've got the main entrance at the top and then underneath. Where that window was is the morgue itself where they used to store the bodies and prepare right. them for funerals. So no one could actually walk no, past no. that window. You know, you that fly will would be
1: on a very, yeah. very high yeah. level. Yeah. Wow. So, that yeah.
0: makes so, it, that it even, even more impressive.
1: Yeah. So that's that's a perfect example of the of the, um, static, static cans. That's exactly why we put them up mm-hmm. so people can spot stuff that we can't. Plus, it takes hours. Like, people <laughs> Poor Pete used to do that. He'd sit um, there at home and he'd be watching these things for hours upon hours. And that's how we got the idea. I thought, yeah. well, actually, a friend, of our, a, yeah, why. a friend of ours actually um, gave us the idea. Yeah. He said, well, why don't you want your viewers to look at it with mm-hmm. this? And we're like, oh, that's a good idea. So, yeah. But there's an
2: interesting story because I said to Dan, we do um, the Majestic Theatre a lot, and now that's a, a very historical building yeah. because it's one of the only silent movie theatres in the, left in the world.
3: Yeah. Oh, now, wow. that's
2: been around, for, uh, I think they're coming up to their 100th birthday. Oh, they just had it? Oh, they just had it? Yeah. Um, but in that, I at that stage, I was watching the static cams. Now, one part of it, I'd gone through all the static cams and I'd watched it late at night, so I was a bit dozing off and I'm like, oh. The next morning, I'm like, I better watch this again because if I don't, could miss I something. could miss something. Yeah. And lo and behold, we caught the uh, curtain moving by itself. Oh, really? And if I didn't go back and watch that, yeah, we would never have found that. Which that's
1: that's a great thing. Sorry, mate. That's a great thing. Is it? Because he caught that. One thing we noticed after we after he caught that. Next time we went there for the second time, and the third time, we put a static camera right on the curtain, and all three times the curtain lifts up. It stays there and then comes back down. The best one we ever captured was on the return we just done in season three, mm. um, where we took Bill Co and Ali, some uh, their radio presenters at the station yeah. here, Zinc FM, that we go and uh, do podcasts with. But um, they they came with us and yeah. they they saw it as well. And if you look at that video, um, it's uh, yeah, it happens a lot. The, the curtain actually lifts up. It holds there and then comes back, and it pulls back as well. And there was no wind, no windows it's open. It's all locked up. Everything was locked up. It was, not a, it was dead still, not a mm.
2: single breeze at all. And, and the interesting thing, sorry for yeah. off, mate, the interesting thing, the way Bilko reacted to yeah. seeing that curtain movie, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. That, the reaction, it just yeah. validates yeah. Yeah. what we yeah. do, that we don't take it. This is real, and yeah. that's why we take our subscribers on Videos with us because it helps for them to see what we do, how yeah. passionate we are about it, and to see that they validate what
1: we do. Another thing yeah. too is we've got this. Um, he's actually become a, a fan of ours and a bit and a bit of a follower of ours, and we follow him as well. But he's called the Shape, and he's an American YouTuber, and he wears a hockey hockey mask for a bit of privacy, um, you know, um, remain anonymous. But anyway, he debunks fakers. He's looked at our stuff that much that he just goes, I can't I can't, I can't I can't. pick anything, man. There's nothing that I can get. And we said to him, well, you won't because everything we've got is 100% legit. So he watches our live streams now. He talks to us all the time. He actually sends people over to us to watch them. He always goes, if you want some unreal guys, go over and see these guys, and they come over and, So yeah, he's he's really it's yeah really interesting when you've got a
2: paranormal debunker that can't debunk you yeah yeah
0: Yeah. that's I've got goosebumps that's really awesome (laughs) yeah because debunkers and and they have their place and rightly so because (laughs) I know how they put TV shows together and the shows that they've had on have really not done. Uh, a service to us at all the mm-hmm. only thing they've done is bring it in public's mind but yeah. creating yeah it's just not good yeah, yeah.
3: creating a false uh, uh
2: thing about it it's very disheartening when you see someone like a tv show and i'm not going to name them but yeah when they get in and have to fake content for views that mm. to me is disgraceful yeah you know we didn't start this channel to be like that.
1: No. Yeah, for us yeah. it's
2: something we're very passionate about and yeah. it's important yeah. to us to find that truth. Yeah. Absolutely. And with programs like that that come in and do that, I think it's disgusting. Yeah. 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 It is. And,
0: and, and, sorry. And now mm-hmm. the other thing that seems to be the latest thing is that everything's demonic.
1: Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's that's oh. one thing oh no, you going to do it, no, going
2: to in the name re- the research that I've done because I do have the Archdiocese of Brisbane's contact details for that very reason but like I say to people that in the research'm I love demonology anything to do with that I really enjoy reading and studying yeah now. now a demonic possession is extremely rare. You would be very lucky to even experience that in your lifetime. Well, unlucky <laughs> we have your, own. Yeah. <laughs> we have your own. but that's the thing. Yeah. It is that rare
1: that, like we may never see it, and we delve into the paranormal. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. Mm-hmm. we're looking for these things, and it's something we may never ever experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, so yes, the, the anything to do with demons, like Pete said, it's very very extremely rare, rare extremely
0: rare you know? i um have a different i don't believe in demons i don't no. believe that they exist however mm. i do acknowledge that they are interdimensional beings that uh can, demons are a religious construct
3: Mm. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Used to create fear and control, in in my pers- okay. from my perspective, but yeah. there are interdimensional beings who, when they manifest in in our reality, the energies are so vastly different to ours that they do yeah. create fear. Yeah. Not all of them are negative. Some are. Some aren't. Like you, but -hmm. the energy is so different that it is very fear-inducing because it's not what we're used to. Even if you don't consciously pick up energies,
3: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, you you do notice the difference. And speaking of negative energies, have you guys ever come across anything negative or in any way uh, disturbing in your investigations?
2: I could say yes. Um, there's one place that I loathe, I hate it. I hate going there, it just scares the absolute life out of me. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Hang- on. Hangman's
1: House, <laughs> <laughs> we go there's a place called Hangman's House now. It's um, it's an old, decrepit, falling down house that basically nature's taken back. Yeah. It's um. Now we've gone there twice. <laughs> and the, anyway, the first, was it the second or first? Second time we went there. The second time. Yeah, the second time we I'll went there. I'll tell you about
3: the first time. Yeah,
1: did the second time, well, I already had a bad experience there to start with. I had a nail go through my foot. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, after the after you get a pet, a shot, I went Tetanus after shot.
3: that.
1: But, yeah. Yeah. But um, what happened was um, we were standing there. You want me to I'll tell them? Awesome. You, you oh, tell yeah. the part. Okay. Okay. What happened is.
2: The second time we went, and I was very apprehensive about going back to the place because of the experiences we had the first time, but the second time we went back there, it was raining. Um, it was a cold night, and we were pretty like, after the first time, we was like, ah, well, we've got to go and do it because our subscribers want us to, and we do honour what our <coughs> subscribers want us to do. But anyway, we filmed the episode, and we were about to wrap up the episode, and I could hear, like, the sound of someone walking on leaves that are wet, that crunching sound. And I'm like, "Damn, can you hear that? And it's in the video. I'm like, can you hear that? And he goes, hear what? Been a drummer for 20-odd years, yeah. so I couldn't hear a damn thing. Yeah, so I've got is. very, very good ears. So I can hear someone walking. And I'm standing in the main doorway going out to the front. And all of a sudden, there was this massive whooshing sound coming from the trees down and stopped right beside my ear. And I've spun around the camera and I've gone, what the? And I swore because it caught me off. Yeah,
3: off I've gone. Right. We, had, we
2: had anyway. to So I was, I'm like, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah, what was that? But it was sounded like a massive whooshing sound rushing down at us. Right. Now I said, no, nah, that's it. Let's let's get out of here. So we backed up out of out of the place, and we heard something jump on the roof and run across the roof. Um. And I'm like, "Dude, there's something up there!" And he's like, "Hey, man, want to get on camera? I want to get on camera." I'm like, "Damn,
1: where?" Are you? <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is, so people can go, "Oh, it's probably just an animal." Now the thing is, though, yes, if we didn't have if we didn't have that whoosh sound come up to our ear, mm. like something's just swooped at us that there's nothing there. If we didn't have that, we'd go, ah, oh, it's just an animal or a possum or something running on the roof, jumping out of the tree. The thing is, though, that happened, and then all of a sudden we hear this rustling in the bushes and then something like, and it sounded like something like human-sized jumping onto the roof, you know? And running like a yeah, running. So it was really, really. Good. So that that's freaked us somewhat. We're like, well, Nah, no, we're out of here. Let's go. We were, we we're wrapping up anyway, like you said. What about the first one? Oh, you tell me. Better. Okay,
2: the first time we went to the Hangman's house, and I got this through a friend. This location, I'm like, Yep, yep. We've got to do more abandoned locations that have a region past. So the now the history with this apparently an elderly lady owned the home. Um, she passed away, didn't have any family, so the house was left derelict. You know, it's been sitting there for for, 20, 30 years, if not more. But the first time we went there, now this is out in the bush. There shouldn't be anyone around. We're filming at 7, 8 o'clock at night. Now, we walked into the place and you could hear talking on the street. I'm like, dude, someone's out there. Walk out onto the road, like it's all bush, no one's there. Because normally if kids are walking up the street, you will hear
3: them. You'll
2: see them as they run out there to have a look. No one there. We heard that half a dozen times. Someone is here. Now we came back in, finished filming. We're going to get the camera because Dan takes um, photos with his camera. So we've walked out um, to get the camera back out to the car on the street, which is only maybe 50 meters away from the house itself. Now we've walked out. This place is full of timber and it's dangerous to walk through without a light. Of So we've gone back out to get the camera and then we're walking back in past the garage that's been taken over by the bush. And I said to Dan, can you hear that? And he goes, I can't. Someone's talking inside the house. It sounded like there was a group of three or four men inside the house that we've just come out of. Yeah. Now, you've got to realise the walls have been busted in. There's nowhere to hide within this building. Now, we looked under the house to make sure no one was there. Mm. And it's really hard to get around the place because of the bush coming back up onto the house. Mm. Now, we've walked, nearly got to the front door, and we had voices coming towards us. So we spun around and we've had a bolt back to the car because mm. we had
1: someone chasing us and no one was there. Yeah. And so we're both, we're both, well, I'm still current, but he's ex security. He actually got me into it many, many years ago. So um, we've both been in the security industry. For that many years, mm-hmm. that we're used to walking around places in the dark, you mm-hmm. know, listening uh, for noises, all that sort of thing. Yeah. We can handle our own, but it's more the fact is that we're just there with a camera, and we don't know what they've got on the inside. I mean, whether it be paranormal or whether it be real, real people, mm-hmm. we were out, we were gone. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be dealing with that. Could have been, could have been anybody. Could have been drug addicts or you yeah. know, anybody. You know, we don't know. And that's one of the places that really
2: kind of. Not only for, like, maybe people being in there, but the paranormal activity that happens there, mm-hmm. that is one place that really
1: gives me the willies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, probably, that's probably the only place, really, that we've got a negative, that much of a negative vibe from. Right. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, like, yeah, you go to other places and you get a bit of an eerie feeling or you get a bit of a bad feeling. Right. One place
2: would be um, uh, Pete Chester Cemetery.
1: Oh, Pete Chester Cemetery. We went there and we Is had a lot word? of uh, negative responses come through our spirit box. And uh, one of the actual uh, responses that came through was, um, uh, what did it say? Something about Satan. Um, uh-huh. I don't oh, oh, God. The you power know, of Satan. Oh, I think the power was, it came through clear as a bell, the power of Satan. And it came through. And right, right when it said it, we were just saying, I don't feel right down in this section. It goes down into a different area.
3: Right. And we
1: were like, Does it doesn't feel right down here. Mm-hmm. And uh, bang, that's straight away after that power of Satan came through. And it was like, what the? Yeah, that was pretty intense. Whether it be, you know, like once again, it, it might not be demonic or anything like that. It could be just a, a, a spirit that's negative. wanting to play up and yeah, a around, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, so yeah. But, who knows? But the, when it when that came through, we are like, yeah, no, this ain't good. <laughs> is,
0: is that the cemetery where you got that black figure? Shadow no. through?
3: No, that, that was Mapleton
1: Cemetery. Yeah, that was That's once again. Right. That was uh, on static cam, and we didn't even pick up on that. It was a subscriber that yep. saw it. And um, yeah. we were already setting up for that investigation. When we caught that evidence, we just set up the static cam, and we
2: were putting our motion sensor lights around the cemetery with uh, Owen in the music box, just in case there's any movement, movement yeah. that we can pick it up. Yeah. And
1: that was before the investigation even started. It was only us two there, and um, we had to wait because someone was there actually um, uh, visiting a loved one that had been buried there, mm. so paying their respects. So we waited for him to leave, and he drove off. And this is out in the middle of the bush. Yeah. So he drove off and gone. And the, the cemetery's that small, and you could not like we do, but you can throw it's that small you can throw us a, a rock from one side to the other that's a that small. and um, we had the camera set, uh, static camera set up we were like Pete said we walked around, put all the motion sensors down and at the time that you saw that figure, we were up in the very very back mm. corner and we were actually facing away from the camera yeah. with our light with our torch, and um, we were actually talking about a a grave that was down there it has like board and forex yeah. things and stuff and you know we were talking about the stuff that was on that grave and then um so we were we were dead still standing dead still not moving oh, yeah. talking our, our light so the light source is facing away the camera is way up probably about I don't know 40 meters or so 50 meters away from us yeah. and um this figure goes straight from one tree as you would have seen goes straight behind the trees and then yeah. if you look at that left hand tree, excuse me, look at the left hand tree, you actually see it come out on the other side and dive in like, yeah. it takes a dives into the ground it was like and,
0: and it's a pretty big figure too like oh, yeah. it, it ha- yeah. looks like it has to be at least 7 or 8 foot tall yeah. Yeah. judging by the distances that, and seeing your heights, and you guys aren't short guys your mm. height, you know mm. it was taller than you guys
2: yeah Exactly. Yep. We were very excited when we saw that footage. It it, it kind of makes us both feel, I guess, that because we're doing this, we're actually catching legitimate evidence, Mm. and it makes us feel good. It's like it just drives us to find that more evidence, more, more, more. It really pushes us. But the interesting thing about that video too, that had night vision on, so it was dark enough that you couldn't really see anything. That's why the light was on. So. Because the night vision was on, it's picked that shadow figure up without us even realising. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: pretty impressive, eh? So, for yeah, for those awesome. of you listening, go and check them out. They're really impressive videos. And if you don't have time to watch the entire video, that's from i I'm pretty sure that cuts in your best of season two. Yeah, is
1: it's, it? we've also got it. We've also got it as a sole video on our. On our, go to our videos tab and you can actually see it. It goes for about 55 seconds. I've actually taken that section and put it up as, a, as its own little video. And mm-hmm. it says um, Shadow Figure Court, you know, as the title. And it yeah. actually zooms in so you can see it very clearly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'll have to have a look. I didn't notice that. I'll have to have yeah. a look for that. Because yeah. I've watched quite a number of your videos. So I was really impressed uh with yeah. the quality of them what uh, the quality of the editing for a start. That's very good yeah. job. Daniel, nice.
3: thank nice. you very nice much. Job, Dan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice job there. And the way you guys do it, you know, it's, it's really cool. So most of the time you guys are by yourself, but sometimes you Investigate with other teams, yep. or they invite you along to the investigations.
2: Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly right. We actually work with Haunted Down Under, the girls from Haunted Down Under. Um, you can see them on Amazon Prime. They're very, they're very, very big in the community down in Brisbane. We also work with uh, Prior Paranormal. Dwayne and his team are lovely people. It's the same with Nadine and the girls. Yeah brilliant to work with because we have such a good working relationship with both those teams we choose to work with them as much as we can yeah because it's important that you get along within this community oh gosh um, there's a lot of negativity and Mm -hmm. we only work with a certain few um because of that very reason because the most important thing is to find that paranormal evidence. It's not about bitching and moaning and groaning between exactly. teams, which yeah. I think is very negative for this industry. Yeah. But for us, it's that we have a good working relationship with them and we're friends with them. It's important to promote them as well as them
3: promoting us. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah.
0: I agree. I absolutely agree. And that's how it was with my last lady too, uh, my last investigation team, which was a female investigation team yeah. in the States. and they and do that with specific teams in the States as well. It's a good thing to promote unity in in the paranormal community because egos can get in the road.
3: Very much so. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen it already.
1: So
0: what has been your favourite investigations that you've done?
1: Oh, favourite. Oh, there's so many. I know, it's hard, isn't it? I'd actually, I reckon... One of my one of my favourites. I can't say it's the favourite, but one of my favourites would be the um, the up uh, at the, um the, What's it called? The the grand the grand hotel. Joe's Green, yeah, Green Hotel in Gumeri. That's from season one, episode two, two or something like that. That's yeah, three. yeah. Anyway, it's uh, they it had a, it burnt it down many 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 moons ago, and they rebuilt it. And uh, there was about seven people that perished in the fire. And uh, we had some really, really weird things happening. Pete was holding the camera and pointing it at me, and he could see embers, like little ember mm. things flying around from the fire. And he's like putting his hand out in front of the camera to, to feel like, what's this? And I'm like, what the hell? And, I, and, he, and he's talking to me, and I said, well, I don't see nothing. There's nothing there. I said, what are you seeing? He goes, little ember things. And you, see, you can see it on the camera, little ember things not like bugs or anything like that they're just little lights sort of flicking off like like fire embers
3: mm. Mm. I was
1: like wow that's so weird but there was that and we had um uh different voices come through uh, we caught it oh we caught an apparition on our study camera uh in the bedroom and most haunted room yeah it was in the what most haunted 11? room room
3: 11.
1: yes 11. 11, 11 yeah. <laughs> we room 11, yeah so we had an apparition caught there and um also another one of my favorite would be um oh wow probably the mall um oh there's so many i don't really have one particular favorite you know if anything i really do i have to say my favorite location would be probably the majestic theater because mm. um, mm. we have so much activity that happens there right. and um
2: yeah i don't know what about you as for me one of my favorite locations was the world war two bathhouse mm. now The reason why that, it wasn't very big, but the reason why that's one of my favourite locations is because of the history with the World War II soldiers there. Right. Because it's over 100 years old. And the amount of activity that happened with the sensory deprivation, I actually had something grab my knee. And it felt like someone actually actually grabbed my knee. So for me, that was one of the most intense. Because I had to do the sensory deprivation session twice because yeah. the camera said it was recording but the red light was flashing recording it didn't record so we had to do it again yeah. mm-hmm. which basically ramped up the activity and made it more intense um so world war ii bathhouse for me is one of my favorite episodes yeah. i love it but another one is going back to the majestic theater i've got three actually going back to the majestic theater with our uh, bill cohen ali um they're good friends of ours yeah um from zinc fm and i loved how they experienced and their reactions that they had when they mm. were there with us mm. um and they felt safe with us but they experienced the paranormal which for me just brought a lot of joy to my heart to see them react that way and yeah for us to take them in there to experience that yeah. for the first time which was fantastic for me um and I've, I also have to mention working with Pariah and um, Haunted, oh. the girls. It was fantastic. You know, they are my favourite episodes because of the interaction we have with other teams, but also the experiences that we had there. Good
1: good. Goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. yeah, good numbers was a good one because at the very end of the video, we actually have uh, in the... Um, Number one. Yeah, in First the... First video. No, not that one. When we went with Pariah oh, and yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. The uh, what do you call that thing at the back? The um, the, the crem- crematorium, yeah. yeah, it was at the back, and um, we had the light flick on on the inside, and you could actually see a figure standing. In yes, yes, yeah. I remember
0: seeing that. Yeah.
1: Uh, that, that, was,
0: that was really, really interesting. One, that the lights came on by themselves, yeah, and two, yeah. that you could actually see the figure standing in the window. That yeah, was yeah. really impressive. Really yeah. impressive catch. The other one that really impressed me that you guys got, I don't know where it was, but it was the room with the, the nurse mannequin. And oh, that was, that was, oh,
1: yeah, um the yeah, uh, gold, 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 uh, gold mining yeah. and historical museum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Now the, the story with that was the lady had been seen by um people. Sitting yeah. on the edge of the bed on mm-hmm. the hospital bed that's in the museum mm-hmm. then. So we thought, okay, well, we'll see if we can get it to come up. And the, the dress on that mannequin And No, it's not once again everything's closed up, no music box. Yeah. yeah, the music box went off, the the, the the dress moved. Um, what else? We had other things come through in the in the uh SB11 and things like yeah. that. Yeah. That oh, Owen was setting
2: up in another part of the museum, but the doors were closed, there's no breeze, and it was activated like someone was walking past it, yeah. and we had the camera set up, the study cam set up, that if someone was going to walk in front of that owl, we would have seen them. Yeah. So that, for me, is incredible, that we could get device activating and no one's there.
1: Yeah. Another thing, too, another thing too is this, uh, not all of it, but some of our equipment, <clears throat> some of our equipment is just bought from places like Bunnies, mm. like a normal warehouse. Um, the reason we do that is because in the past, we've had a few people go, Oh, but you're using, you're using paranormal equipment. You could be rigged, you know, mm-hmm. it could be made yeah, to, you yeah. know, do yeah. things. So, okay, we'll go, we'll do this. We'll, we'll one up here. We'll go buy some stuff from Bunnings that everyone, yeah, just, yeah. anyone can get. It's not rigged for a paranormal stuff or whatever. And that's Owen the Owl. He was $20 just for a little motion sensor that hoots when he, when he's activated. And, um, mate, he's, well, yeah, he's, he's working me, himself. Man. Yeah. What about it? Um, uh, that uh, Joe, Joe's um, waterhole. When um, he was doing a sound deprivation, se- uh, sorry, sensory deprivation session in the room that um, this young fella took his life Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Um, and he was sitting right under the spot that it happened, and he could feel this big solid desk, like a big solid mm. office desk. He felt it shake. Yeah, um, that was pretty intense. He felt it shake while he was. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That, gave is, a have, yeah, that was a very
2: interesting location because of the history with the pub yeah. and the young gentleman there had um, just broken up with his girlfriend, right. suffering from depression, which we stressed in that video is always important. Go yeah. and get help. If you yeah. suffer from de- depression, make sure you ring those numbers to really get that help you need. Right. Oh, gosh. And yes. Unfortunately, that young gentleman committed suicide. He was only 18 years of age and oh. it, it was a very tragic story. Mm. But the experiences that we had there... With the paranormal, um, with that young gentleman, it's just incredible. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Wow, that's so sad. Uh, I deal with that a lot Uh, from both ends—from those who have passed and those who are dealing with it. Yeah, there's a lot of pain and unresolved stuff there. Are there any times now safety on your investigations? Being in Aussie, and I was thinking about you being in that old wreck of the house in the country, and I was thinking, well, it's not just fruit you have to worry about. You've got snakes and spiders there that could kill you.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: I get used to them, you know. Like, you see a huntsman, I'm terrified of spiders, personally. So if I see a spider, then go fix that up. (laughs) But uh, I think if you go into a location, especially one that's abandoned you, you scope it out during the daytime, yes. so I went there in the daytime just to look for any hazards, um, and he still found a nail. Yeah, but um, <laughs> so yeah, you've, you've got to really go in and um, scout out the location before yeah. you go in there, just to see if there is any bodies there yeah. as we call them. But if you if you are conscious conscious of the safety then it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah you're kind of get used to spiders and
1: snakes and all that kind of yeah. stuff. We haven't actually encountered any snakes. Not or so Spiders, I Touch would, But, um, yeah, spiders, we've had a yeah, couple yeah, of yeah. them. plenty of them. Um, like Pete said, we just go in, scout it out when we can. That that um hangman's house was the last minute, the first time we went there. Mm. That was a last-minute decision. Like, I was actually at work. He went and checked it out to he heard about it. So he went mm. and had a look. And he came to my house and he goes, dude, Get your gear on, we're going. I said, okay. Well, I forgot, to, I forgot to put my thick boots on, and I was still in my joggers from work. Oh. And um, yeah, so that, yeah. and they just you know ten dollar cheap yeah. pair from Kmart, sort of deal. And um, yeah, yeah. Straight nail, straight through, straight into my foot. It didn't pierce it too far because it wasn't such a long nail; it was a shorter nail, but it still went in enough for me to to. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. A the next day,
3: yes.
0: While we're still on the subject of that house, what is the history that makes it so such a negative place? You called it the Hangman Hangman's House.
1: I don't know how it got that. How we got that um, nickname, but I think it was online. It got the nickname Hangman's yeah. House. I don't think anything that was to do with anyone hanging there or anything like that. All it was was a little old lady that lived there. She died in the home, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, like Pete said, there was no one to claim it. She didn't have any family, et cetera. And her body wasn't discovered for a while. Oh. So yeah. I think um,
2: because of her body not being discovered, that she'd been sitting sitting there for a while. And it was just a very tragic story. Yeah. She had, like Dan said, no family to discover the body, I yeah. guess you say, which is a un- really unfortunate thing. Yeah. But, um, it got that stigma. You know, mm, um, mm. being a very negative home, especially if someone's passed away and the body's not discovered for Yeah, lot, of course. Unfortunately. Sorry for the, No,
3: no, you know, no, I mean, no,
2: no. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately that's, there's another place that we've investigated um, that has very, very negative um, unfortunate history, and that was the Sunny Bray Maternity Hospital. Oh, yeah. Now, this was back in uh, around World, World War II. Um, there was the ladies that uh, uh, their husbands went off to war, so if they were pregnant, went to this maternity hospital to give birth to their child. And unfortunately, back then with the history that if any child was born with a disfigurement, a facial mm-hmm. disfigurement, they were put to death. And that is such a sad mm-hmm. history. Yeah, Um, but unfortunately, like, that was the history. that The doctors couldn't solve the problem back in the 1920s, 1910, 1920s. Mm. They saw that as a problem, so they would unfortunately put that child to death. And it's a very tragic and unfortunate history, and we, um, and a lot of the children were buried on site, which is just phenomenally sad. Yeah. Um, we uh, with that location there was a german doctor that was on site um giving birth uh delivering those children now we picked up an ebp of his voice um and we've had because we're on ghost tv in germany we've had a lot of germany see that episode and say hey this is what the doctor has said mm-hmm. which was amazing but then we went out to the approximate side of where these um, newborns were put laid to rest, and we had the K two meter. Now you're talking about the middle of a field, no electricity anywhere, and the K two meter is sitting at the highest point register possible, which is the red, yeah. and it wouldn't go off.
3: Wow. And
2: we had nurses' voices come through, doctors' voices come through. Yeah. When we did our EVP session,
1: yeah. But yeah, it was mm. the biggest confirmation was that K2 meter was just spiking the whole time. I mean, mm. it, would, it would go off and then back on and then spike up again, but it was yeah. constantly moving. And we were out, in the, like you said, we we're out in the middle of a, a grass area with no electricity around. No, we're, we're looking everywhere, we're looking for wires, we're looking mm. for electric boxes, but mm. there's nothing around.
2: It got to the point where we thought the K2 meter was broken because it wouldn't. Wow. It was going yeah. off so intense Yeah, yeah. That it was like hang, hang
3: on you see k2 yeah. meter. or
1: turn it off turn it back on and another thing that confirmed it was that we after all that we went away back to the you know back to the the car in the other area and turned the k2 back on nothing yeah. fine there was nothing you know, it was, yeah.
2: Wow. So, yeah so uh, there are locations that we have filmed that have a very tragic past and yeah. That's why we put a history in to let people know that hey, times have changed and we're not. That humanity has progressed to a point where we do have a little bit of um, humanity about us. That, or if someone's born with uh, something wrong with them, that they, they are still a human being and they still need to
1: wipe and care for. You. Yeah. That's what we do too. We go into a cemetery or something like that, and one of our latest live videos we done. Um, it's a perfect example. Is that if we see a, a, a toy or a vase or something, flowers that have been knocked over, we'll stand mm. them back up. Or mm. one of the things that happened on the last video uh, that we did, it was live up at um, Mumbai Cemetery. Uh, there was these big branches that fall off a tree, they're laying all over these graves. Mm. We picked them up. we mm. picked them up and moved them away, like we always do. It's a sign of respect. Yeah, it's, sign it's of respect. respect. Yeah. We always, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we always do things like that. Yeah. We would never film a, child, a child's uh, headstone, yeah, things like that. Yeah, right. I think that's very,
3: like, yeah. a little bit disrespectful. To, yeah.
1: If a parent's lost
2: a child, it, it's disrespectful to put that name up on the internet. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, especially if that parent is a surviving parent, it, mm. it would cause nothing but devastation for them, and mm. that's not what we're about. No, mm.
3: not at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really hard. With the current world situation as it is, it, and the COVID, it's obviously put uh, a bit of a damper on your current investigations.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So what are you guys able to do for the moment? Are there places that you are able to go in your area?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, there are. We can still travel locally. There are plenty of places between where we are in Brisbane, mm-hmm. um, and Brisbane and even north. There's plenty of locations we can still go to. Right. The ones that we can't go to at the moment, we're finding hard events and state because we're very lucky in Queensland. Yeah, we're very in Queensland. We're we're very very lucky. That's yeah. why everyone's moving here. But the amount of people that are moving
0: here on a daily basis is absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. I know, I know my daughter just sold her house and she put it on the market and they just it like sold within a couple of days because of all these people coming from Sydney. Yeah. To
3: get yeah. From. Yep, exactly.
0: When COVID settles down and New South Wales is safe to visit again and you're allowed to visit again, have you guys considered going to the – what's that place called in Sydney? It's the quarantine station.
2: Yes, that's Q station. We have actually looked at that. Um, I think when things open up, we – because – where we stand with the channel is that the channel is actually now paying for itself, which is fantastic for us because it That's allows us awesome. to go further. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of places in Sydney and Melbourne that we are planning to go and investigate. Yeah. Your station is one of them. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, like you said, with COVID, we have to wait um, yeah. until that moves on. But we're definitely going to have a look at that. There's a hospital down there that we're going in Melbourne, that we're going to do an investigation at, and we do want to get down to Tasmania to do uh, have a look at Port Arthur as yes, well. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, well, especially
0: that would um, be interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the afterwards. shooting down there, mm-hmm. with Martin White was very unfortunate, and stuff like that. We're not really looking at that side of it.
3: Mm.
2: People don't realise that. There is used to be a um, convict prison. Convict. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what yeah, I was
2: thinking the
3: history of. History
2: yeah. with that prison itself yeah. Yeah. is tremendously mm. terrifying, especially what the convicts suffered when they yeah. first come to Australia. Yeah, so that's one place that we definitely want to get down to, and we're in yeah. talks with them at the moment. Yeah. but. Um, yeah, there's a lot of locations once these borders open because we do want to eventually get across the ditch and say g'day yeah. um, and come and do some v- investigations over there. Basically the idea, I guess, with the channel is that we want to do this for a living, you know. Yeah. This is something we're both passionate about. Yeah. And if the channel can help us get overseas to other countries, then we can really broaden out for our subscribers and our viewers that are very important to us. Yeah. You yeah. might we say to them, without you guys, we don't have a channel. And it's yeah. plain and simple. Yes, yeah. um, that we
1: want them to come along for the journey and experience with us. Yeah, it's that's another reason why we're doing this three-part series at the moment at the um, um, old Gimpy. Old Old Town. Old, no, old, old Petrie Petri Town. <laughs> <laughs> Petri Town. Yeah. So we've just um, put episode uh, part one up, which was the um, the old railway uh, station. station. that was mm-hmm. we did the we did the railway at Gimpy, but then this uh, part one of this actual. Um, mini-series, this three-part mini-series we're doing at the moment, is all in Old old Petri Town and it's the railway that's actually in there. Mm. Um, so we've just done that and then the next one we're going to do a couple of lo- uh, other locations within that Old Petrie Town mm. and then the third part we're actually going to have some special guests come along and, and feature on that as well. So um, yeah, so we're trying to bring as much to, their, to our audience as we can mm. um, and trying to keep it real, letting everybody know that there are real, and this is what a lot, a lot of our uh, subscribers and followers are loving: is that we are legit, we are one hundred percent real, mm-hmm. we don't fake yeah. anything, we're so transparent. We um, bounce off each and, and they love our personality because we've yeah. been mates for nearly thirty years. Yeah. there's there's like they they tell us, and we can't see it because right. we're not looking for it, but they tell us that it's like there's this vibe, like this mm-hmm. positive vibe that's just vibrant oozing off us when we're doing our investigations. You know, but- so.
0: Well, I see it between you two just talking, like you know <laughs> one will start, the other one. You know, I can. It's yeah. like an old married couple, really. <laughs> yeah. You know how couples get into that; they get into a, a pattern and a rhythm together. And you guys are like that. You know, yeah.
3: you can see you. that
0: you've been together. You you're used to each other's nuances, and yeah. and you know how each other works, and. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. I can see that it's a really good team. Uh, I'm I'm so impressed with your work. Where can my listeners find you? Okay,
1: so our YouTube channel, we're on YouTube, and it's Night, Nightwatchers Paranormal Australia. And um, basically we're on uh, Facebook. Um, we've got a Facebook page, which is Nightwatchers Paranormal Australia. Um, yeah, um, no, that's oh, the no, page. No. Then we've got a Facebook group, which is Nightwatchers Paranormal Australia hyphen group. And then we've also got um, Instagram, which is Nightwatches Paranormal. And we've got Twitter, which is um, Nightwatches Paranormal Australia. Yeah. And then we've got TikTok, TikTok which is Nightwatches Paranormal. Paranormal. Yeah. So, so if you're Night not reading really, right, Nightwatches yeah. Paranormal on whatever yeah. you're going on, you're probably going to find right. them. So, <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> Easy to
0: find. That's awesome. Where, where are you guys looking at going from here? What's your next move?
2: we've got some awesome awesome investigations coming up um obviously we do want to go in interstate when covid lifts again we we'll, we'll do that but we've got some really big collaborations with some really big locations coming up in the in the in this season this season beginning of next season um but we're now finding that the bigger locations are starting to contact us yeah um which yeah. is yeah. Amazing, that, nice. um, wanting us to film there. So we've gone from doing our local stuff. Now we're expanding. We want to expand a bit more in Queensland, go into New South Wales, and try and get around the country a bit more in the next couple of seasons. Yeah, that's very important to us. Now that the channel is financially viable for us to do that. Yeah, um, awesome. that's one of the things I think. Yeah, you?
1: I think yeah, traveling. We just really want to get out there and well, we've uh, we haven't actually exhausted the, the coast where we are it. now there's no way we've only just scraped the surface yeah. but the fact is that we want to start touching a few of the locations yeah. that are around um interstate and you know mm-hmm. we, we want to do interstate before we actually go international you know because yeah
3: of course you know get,
1: well, our, country, yeah, right. get, our, get our country out there and a lot of people are watching us from america and germany and places mm-hmm. and they're going didn't realize how many um how many uh, places were active over in Australia? Mm-hmm. You know, and we're like, well, yeah. Yeah, people die everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Australia
0: has uh, really the history of Australia is quite brutal. Oh, yeah, very much so. for yeah. both the Aboriginal people and for those who were sent here as prisoners.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Still, so, the, whole, the whole the whole nation is built off convicts. Yeah, uh, I guess death, right? death, and mm-hmm. convicts—you know that—that's what it's all about. And I've got an Aboriginal background myself, so um, we want to try and maybe do some more stuff that is um, down that avenue a bit as well. Yes. You know,
2: which bringing up that is um, very interesting because Old Petri Town um, had birthing trees. Now, if you look into the Aboriginal culture there yes, and read I up about that. That's a part of our investigation. A lot of activity happens there, so mm. we have been given permission to engage
1: with that yeah. location.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so, awesome that you've got, yeah, because that's really sacred.
1: Yes. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of places that, a lot of things that we do where we always make sure we get permission, permission. before yeah. we yeah, they, well, everywhere we, before we get permission, but yeah. do it with things like the um, Indigenous side of stuff, you know, we always make sure yeah. we got the permission to do so, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very important to document that
2: type of thing, especially with the sort of history that the Aboriginals have had,
3: oh, unfortunately,
2: um, and the convicts and all that brutal history, like you said, that Australia mm. does have. Mm. Um, it's always good to make people aware of that, especially mm. like people in Australia, yes, now in New Zealand know the history about Australia, but you're looking through Europe where Ghost Flicks pushes our content. Yeah. Mm. They don't know our history. So yeah. by showing them and putting that history in our videos, they start to learn about our culture, who we are as a people, um, the locations that we do have that may not necessarily be a haunted location, mm-hmm. but something that if they come here, they can visit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, That's yeah. really awesome. I really like that. And, and that educates people too.
3: Yeah, very much that, yeah. as well
0: as encouraging them to visit when visiting's available again for everybody. That's yeah. so awesome! Look, guys, I've I've absolutely enjoyed talking with you. Uh, I yeah. I kind of feel like I could talk with you for ages more,
3: <laughs>
0: but I I think we'll probably end it here thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it and to my listeners go and check their channel out Night Watchers Paranormal Australia they've got some really awesome stuff on there give it a look give it a like and subscribe and follow these guys I I honestly feel that they're really worth following Uh, I certainly know that I will be and so thank you guys Pete and Dan again for your time I really appreciate it
2: Thank you, Marion. Thank for you, very
1: much. Really appreciate it, and yeah. would love this chat with yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you very much.
0: I know. I say this pretty much every episode with my guests but I really enjoyed my conversation with Pete and Dan, the down-to-earth genuine Aussie blokes. And also, they've promised to take me on an investigation with them when I eventually get to return to Australia to visit my daughters and grandbabies who live there. I have to say, I'm pretty excited about that one. Check out their video investigations on their YouTube channel, Nightwatches Paranormal Australia. They are really great, honest investigations. This episode's bumper music was called Silent Valley. I like the didgeridoo-like sounds in the beginning of it. It reminded me of their home in Australia. Do you enjoy this podcast? Then, so you don't have to miss an episode, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform. This podcast is available on all free podcasting platforms or apps, including iHeartRadio and Pandora as well. Also, if you have Alexa, simply say these four words. Open Walking the Shadowlands and Alexa will play our latest episode for you. Have you ever considered becoming a patron of our show? Just head over to patreon.com forward slash mcc15 and sign up now. As a patron, you get early access to the podcast episodes and a special members-only page on the podcast website, walkingtheshadowlands.com, that has bits that end up on the digital cutting board and little extras, like the disembodied voices that I heard during my conversation with Patty Negri two episodes ago and the EVP that we caught on this week's episode did you hear it you can also download full written transcripts of each episode and an extra special that's just been added because I've moved hosts and now have the space on the website I've uploaded almost all of the video conversations raw unedited warts and all conversations I had with my guests So, if you're a Patreon member, you can actually get to see the interviews, and you get my absolute appreciation and gratitude. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to patreon.com forward slash mcc15 and sign up now. It only costs you the price of a cup of coffee a month. Check out our Facebook page, Walking the Shadowlands, our Instagram feed of the same name, and our Twitter feed at Shadowlands10, TikTok under Walking underscored the underscored Shadowlands. Like and follow for teasers of our upcoming episodes. If you don't have a smartphone, then you can listen to this and past episodes from WalkingTheShadowlands.com. For those hearing impaired, there's a full written transcript of each episode on the website so you don't miss out at all. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your workmates about our show. Encourage them to listen and to subscribe also. The more the merrier. Thanks for listening to this episode. Kakite anō. Oia koi. I'll see you again.
3: Thanks for listening.